I know a lot of people out there are really excited about what Big Z is going to do for Kentucky basketball this season. But for now, I think we need to pump the brakes just a little bit. You are Locked On Kentucky, your daily podcast on the Kentucky Wildcats. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, what is going on, Big Blue Nation? Welcome on in to Locked On Kentucky, your daily Kentucky Wildcats podcast. I'm your host, Lance Dahl, writer for Sports Illustrated for various SEC-related things. But on this podcast, we take a dive into all things Kentucky athletics. On today's episode of Locked On Kentucky, we are going to be discussing the status of Zvonimir Ivasich and what should we expect out of Big Z, especially to begin the regular season. Also going to get into more bold predictions from you guys. This will be our third installment of bold predictions here on the show. Taking a page out of Josh Pate's book, if you know who that is, going to give my take on your bold predictions and hot takes for Kentucky basketball's upcoming season. Thank you so much for making Locked On Kentucky your first listen Every single day, I want to remind everyone out there that we are free and available on all platforms. If you're watching on YouTube, would really appreciate it if you subscribe to the show. If you are listening on podcast, please follow along wherever you're listening there. Today's episode is also brought to you by Prize Picks. You can go to prizepicks.com slash locked on college and use code locked on college for a first deposit match up to $100. So let's go ahead and get into it. The question I wanted to ask on today's episode, what should we expect out of Zvonimir Ivasic, aka Big Z, aka the Croatian sensation? As you all know, Big Z, after he committed to the Kentucky Wildcats, the seven foot two Croatian big man, uh, had some issues getting academically uh, approved to come actually go to school at the University of Kentucky, the admissions office. Eventually got that squared away after a really uh, a long, drawn-out, frustrating process, it seems like, at least from our perspective. They were able to finally get that done, and the immediate question that was asked is, okay, cool, he's academically eligible to come play for Kentucky, but he's not yet NCAA eligible. He's not been approved by the NCAA to actually come and play college basketball. Will that happen? And that was a question that was floated around the media sphere by a lot of different beat writers. We speculated about it here on Locked On Kentucky. And I eventually said at one point here over the last week or so that I felt like considering we had not heard anything from Coach Cal or this coaching staff about his NCAA eligibility, that it may end up being a non-issue and whether or not he's eligible or not, it it feels like things are going to trend in the right direction there. Well, at SEC Media Days yesterday, Coach Cal spoke on a variety of things, but also talked about Big Z and what he is currently, as far as like his status, and then what his expectation is for Big Z heading into the regular season. I think you and I talked about this on a recent episode where we've been talking a ton about Kentucky basketball's front court, what's going to happen what we think might happen uh, as far as the rotation, as far as the health. We've been speculating on that. The timelines of how things are going to shape up for Aaron Bradshaw, Ugena Onyenzo. How important is Trey Mitchell? That's a conversation we've had a lot here recently on the show. And now we've gotten Cal's take on what Zvonimir is going to be. 
And it's kind of what you and I have been saying for a couple of weeks now is, look, Zvonimir is a very talented kid. He's a very, very good player at seven foot two. He can shoot the basketball. He can handle it. He's a really, really fascinating prospect for the NBA, and he's a really interesting prospect for the Wildcats. That does not mean, especially given the timeline leading up to these moments where he's finally getting able to practice, it does not mean he's going to be able to walk out onto the court day one and just snap into the system and is going to be able to go out there and dominate. That's just simply not how it works. You and I have been talking about Aaron Bradshaw and Yugana Onyenzo returning from their injury and saying, look, they could return early, they could return late, they could return right at five or six weeks from now. We don't know. But what we do know is whenever they are fully healthy, they aren't just going to step out onto the court and become world beaters. They have to have time and practice to get comfortable with their guys, to learn what they need to be learning about the system on both ends of the floor. They need to be learning about how they need to get back into the groove, where they're going to fall in this rotation. It's not just like, okay, plug and play. You're you're good. Aaron Bradshaw's probably not had a whole lot of time to really do much of anything with the majority of this group on this team uh, at least he's not been able to do anything um, strenuous because of his ankle injury. So those two alongside Zvonimir, I've been trying to preach a little bit of patience, and this is what Cal said at SEC Media Days about Zvonimir playing for Kentucky. Quote, because it took so long to get him here, every week that went by, he got better and better and bigger, bigger impact. Oh my gosh, he's King Kong. All of a sudden, each week that went by, he got better and better. He's a piece to the puzzle for us. He's seven foot two, pretty skilled. He's just going to start contact in tonight's practice. So if you think he's ready to walk in, dominate a game, you're not thinking right. He's not, but he's a great kid, smart. All that we've done to this point, 5-0, 4-0 stuff, some of the defensive stuff, he already has a good feel. Cal said it right there toward the towards the end of his quote. If you think he's ready to walk in and just dominate a game, it's not going to happen just yet. Now, Zvonimir, based on what I understand, is going to participate in the blue and white game against Northern Kentucky this weekend, which will be really exciting to talk about. But I, I don't think Big Z is ready to take on an extremely large role with the Kentucky Wildcats in this front court. And to be frank with you, I don't know if he's going to this year because of the fact that you have so many other pieces on this roster in this front court that you feel really good about. And that's not to say Zvonimir is a bad player. Like Cal also said, he's coming along pretty quick. He's a smart kid. He understands what's going on out there. And he's also seven foot two. It's really awesome that he's out here playing for Kentucky and that he's playing in practice. Yesterday was his first contact practice. You're not going to see Zvonimir out there playing any sort of significant major minutes for Kentucky, at least I don't think, at the beginning of the season. As things come along, as Aaron Bradshaw and Hugo get healthy as well, you're going to see Big Z, you know, take a little bit of a, a larger uh, a larger workload out there, uh, possibly. You're also going to see Bradshaw and Onyenzo work their way into this rotation, and then maybe Kentucky won't have to rely as much on guys like Trey Mitchell. And I think that's kind of where I want to st- to end this here is Zvonimir, I think, is a very talented player. He's going to pick things up pretty quick, but the problem here is that he's not quite ready just yet. He's going to get his time. He's going to be able to develop. 
Trey Mitchell is going to be your starting center, I think, game one, and is probably going to be your starting center against Kansas. That will be really interesting to see how that pans out because I think Trey Mitchell is a good player. I think that he can play at a lot of different spots. He even said, uh, I believe a couple of months ago, he played at the five for his first couple of years. He played at the four at West Virginia. If he had not left the Mountaineers, he would have played at the three, he claimed. So you've got a lot of really, really talented player in this, players in this front court. Trey Mitchell is one of them. I just don't know how long Kentucky's going to be comfortable not having three of their seven-footers out of the uh, of the rotation. So if you've got any thoughts on Zvonimir Ivasic about what Kentucky basketball is with him, about what his role is going to be, what we should expect out of him, especially early in the season, you can leave all of that in the YouTube comments below. All right, I want to get to some of your bold predictions for Kentucky basketball's upcoming season. Got some really interesting ones, some good ones, some positive ones, some negative ones. And then one I saved the best for last year because I thought I think this may be the best uh, best bold prediction we've been given yet, or one of the best. Before I dive into those, though, I want to tell you guys about our friends over at Jace Medical. There's a lot of uncertainty in the world today, and it's really important that you are prepared. The Jace case is a personalized emergency medication kit that contains five essential antibiotics that treat the most common and deadly bacterial infections. Uh, Jace Medical also can let you customize your Jace case and add an additional life-saving medication based on your unique needs. All it takes to get a Jace case is to fill out a simple online form and in some cases, jump on a quick call with one of their board-certified physicians. You can get ongoing care from their physicians on any treatment-related questions. It's doctor-created, doctor-recommended. You do not want to be caught unprepared Choose the medications that best fit you and your family's unique needs by going to jacemedical.com and entering code LOCKEDON at checkout for a $20 discount on your order. Again, that's promo code LOCKEDON at jasemedical.com for $20 off your order. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, continuing along here on the Thursday edition of Locked On Kentucky. Lance Dahl hanging out here with you. Really appreciate you making Locked On Kentucky your first listen every single day. Look, if you have not subscribed to the Locked On College Basketball Podcast, I mean, you are just really missing out on something very special. Andy Pat and Isaac Shade do a great job over there. Sometimes they have me on the show, have a lot of different experts across the country. They will have coaches, they will have analysts, and then themselves break down all that's going on in the college basketball world. It's a great time to be checking up on what's going on before the season starts, and they've got you covered over there. So Locked On College Basketball Podcast, wherever you get your podcast or on YouTube if you're watching here as well. So this is the third installment of Bold Predictions. In case you don't know, I have asked you guys on a number of platforms, give me a bold prediction for Kentucky basketball this upcoming season. 
season. And what I will do is I'll take a look at it. And I'll explain, you know, why it could happen, how it could happen, what things could could occur here. And then I'll tell you on a scale of one to 10, how bold I think the take is. I would really encourage you guys, if you're watching on YouTube or if you're listening on podcast to submit your bold predictions out here, please. I would really appreciate it. Um, I, I would like to see just how many of you have different interesting ideas of how this season could go. Some of you are wholeheartedly in belief of these. Some of you have said this is just something I wanted to throw out there as a possible bold prediction. Um, if you would like to submit it, if you're listening on podcasts, Locked on UK on Twitter, by the way, is the place that you can find me. The first bold prediction here comes from Son of Saul on Rup Rafters, which is a message board over on, on Rivals. I said, I believe, on yesterday's show, I've not been on Rup Rafters in quite some time. There's just a lot of negativity over there. And this first bold prediction that rolled in that I saw from Son of Saul is a little bit of a negative one. He predicts that Bradshaw does not play this season. Yugunna Onyenzo transfers after Christmas or one or the other will happen. So one of these two things will happen. Bradshaw will not play at all this year or Onyenzo transfers after Christmas. I'm going to give this one a 9.5 on the boldness scale. I don't think that this is going to happen. I think that Yugunna Onyenzo is going to stay on this team. Uh, he already tried to transfer once and realized that he doesn't really have a whole lot of better offers. Also, I think, frankly, it would be stupid if Yugunna Onyenzo decided to transfer uh, a third of the way into the season, a little over a third of the way into the season. That just doesn't make sense. That, that just doesn't make sense for that to happen. And I think Aaron Bradshaw will play at some point this season for Kentucky. Um, like Cal said the other day, these injuries are common. These foot injuries are common. Things happen. Kentucky's going to get these guys back at some point, and we just have to be patient. If it's before we expect them to come back, awesome. If it's not, just be patient. I think both of them will be back. I don't think either of them are leaving. 9.5 on the boldness scale. Heroes Heroes says that his bold prediction is that Kentucky beats Kansas, goes 37-3, and and then wins the national championship so one more time Kentucky specifically beats Kansas while also going 37 and three so three other losses on that schedule and then he and then he says that Kentucky will go on to win the national title I'm going to give this one a 9.25 on the boldness scale I think that Kentucky has the ability to be a very good basketball team this upcoming season a lot of it's going to rely on the health of aforementioned front court players, Aaron Bradshaw, Yugena Onyenzo, how impactful is Vonimir Ivasic in his first year with Kentucky? That front court is going to be very important because the back court, I think, is going to be special. You're going to have some guys score a lot of points uh, this season for Kentucky, and that's something we'll get to later on in the show. But I think this is it's very unlikely. It's it's highly unlikely but there's, there's a chance. You know, there's always a chance that something like this could happen. Now, I think it's interesting that he points out, Hero's Hero points out, that Kansas is a victory while there are three other losses on the schedule. We talked about the losses potentially on the schedule yesterday. I'll run through them here again with you quickly. Kansas, North Carolina, Florida on the road to begin SEC play on the road at Texas A&M two games later. Arkansas on the road uh, midway through the season. At or excuse me, at home against Gonzaga, on the road at Auburn, on the road at Mississippi State, and then on the road at Tennessee. Of course, also you could lose games like at home to Alabama. Um, who knows what on earth could happen at home against Georgia? That always feels like somewhat of a weird game. Missouri is a team you have to keep an eye on as well. 
Uh, I mean, there are, and you could lose to Tennessee at home too. So there are a number of different possible losses on the schedule. Kim Palm says Kentucky goes 21 and 10, 11 and 7 in the SEC, 9.25 on the boldness scale. I don't think this is going to happen. There's a world where Kentucky shows out, and they're much better than anticipated, though. So 37 and 3 wins the national title. I like it. I like fun predictions like this uh, to just kind of speculate on. All right. Ferd Turgeson says, we will rise up to win some big games early on, then frustrate the fan base with losses to inferior teams. So kind of a, a little bit of a step in a different direction here from Ferd Turgeson saying, instead of we're going to win the national title and go 37-3, and Ferd believes, hey, we are going to win some of these bigger games, but we're also going to slip up in areas that will end up frustrating the fan base. This is something I would like to, to not happen, <laughs> frankly, this year, I think Kentucky's going to slip up at points. Don't get me wrong. I think they'll lose games on the schedule. I don't think Kentucky's going undefeated. I just really don't want to see Kentucky lose to a team like South Carolina again. That loss last year was crushing. That was a really, really bad loss for Kentucky's resume, and that's kind of what I'm focusing on here when I think about Kentucky and how they perform against these good and bad opponents. I really do hope Kentucky does not replicate what they did a season ago. It's very possible. Hey, it's very possible because here's what could happen. And this is this is what I wanted to get to here. This is what I wrote down. Kentucky could beat some of these better teams. Better, right? You could beat a team like Kansas. You could absolutely beat a team like North Carolina. You could beat Miami. You could beat Gonzaga at home with, with about, what, eight or nine games left in the regular season. You could absolutely do that. 100%. You could win at Tennessee on the, uh, on the road to end the year. Because of the fact that Kentucky on paper is so talented, they could beat anybody on their schedule. It's not like they're going to be out of any game on their schedule this upcoming season. Not a single one. They're going to be in all of them. On paper, they are going to be in all of them. But you also have to factor in the, the inexperience here. And what has been extremely difficult for the majority of this conference to do over the past half decade plus? Win on the road. It's very difficult. And whenever you have a young team, let's say you're going up against a very experienced team that's not necessarily the best, that also has home court advantage, that also has, you know, a, a, a lot of a lot of experience from this season under under their belt. Let's just look down the line here. Let's say a team like Auburn who does have a good amount of experience, let's say a team like Alabama on the road at some point, or excuse me, Alabama at home, let's say you catch one at home against a team like Alabama that's brought in some transfers that have been around the block, that have scored a lot of points. What about a team like Tennessee? You know, what if they end up having a bad year, but their experience, you know, carries them over in games they play against Kentucky? Mississippi State is a great team to talk about here when you talk about experience and not necessarily high-end talent, but they've got pieces. That's a team that you could end up losing to and you could be frustrated about. Texas a and is a very good team. You could also lose to them, and it'd be upsetting if you are the more talented team and you have the better record. Texas A&M's never been good in non-conference play. Or, excuse me, not never been good. They haven't ever been good. I'm saying that they've, they've struggled under Buzz Williams over the past few years. All of that to say, yeah, there's a world where Kentucky, you know, beats up on the really good teams across the conference in their non-con schedule, but loses to the Mississippi States, the Floridas, the Auburns of the world that you think you should beat. 
and quite frankly are inferior to you from a talent perspective. They may have just as good of coaching. They may have a really good home court advantage. They may have some solid pieces. I'm not saying these teams are bad. I'm just saying it may that there's a world where this happens. 6.25 on the boldness scale. Um, because of Kentucky's inexperience, I could definitely see something like this happening. All right, I've got, let's see here. I've got, technically, it's two more bold predictions, um, but I again, I've saved the best one for last year about Kentucky's offense, and I want to dive into it in just a moment. Before I do that, though, I want to tell you guys about our friends over at Prize Picks. Prize Picks has been insanely fun for me to play over these past few weeks. They have quick withdrawals, easy gameplay, and an enormous selection of players and stat types. It's what makes Prize Picks the number one daily fantasy sports app. It's really easy to play, like I said, and you can make your picks and submit your entry in less than 60 seconds. With Prize Picks, they have a reboot policy, so your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured for NFL games and college football top 25 matchups. If you have a player who exits the game in the first half and doesn't return in the second, that player is then rebooted. Prize Picks is the only daily fantasy sports platform that does this, that has injury insurance. Really, really awesome stuff over at Prize Picks. Tons of fun. And you can go to prizepicks.com slash lockedoncollege, and you can use code lockedoncollege for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, prizepicks.com slash lockedoncollege. Using code locked on college for a first deposit match up to $100. That is prize picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. All right, wrapping up the Thursday edition of Locked On Kentucky. Lance Dahl hanging out here with you. Okay, we've got two more bold predictions to get to here. I want to reiterate to you guys hey, if you have some bold predictions for the upcoming season, please leave them in the YouTube comments below, or you can hit me on the socials at Locked On UK on Twitter if you are listening on. The podcast. So technically, we've got two more bold predictions here for Kentucky basketball. One of them, though, kind of fleshes things out in a variety of areas. It's kind of like three bold predictions in one. It's from Big Blue Nation NSC. Justin Edwards is on the All American team. DJ Wagner and Trey Mitchell get all conference honors. And Ugunon Yenzo becomes the starting center and is the best rim protector we've seen. In a while. So, BBN and SC have, uh, has uh, three different bull predictions here. Let's tackle them one at a time. Justin Edwards being on the All-American team, I believe, if I'm not mistaken, he is a preseason All-American or preseason freshman All-American. He's going to be great for Kentucky. As long as he doesn't get hurt, he's going to be the primary three, the primary wing for the Wildcats this upcoming season. I, I think he's going to be great. I, if I do hope that his offense comes along like it did later in the Global Jam. Uh, he, looks, he looked more comfortable during the uh, the Big Blue Madness the other night. So that's very promising. I think he could absolutely be an All-American. I give this one a 6.5 on the boldness scale. I think Justin Edwards can definitely be an All-American for Kentucky this season. DJ Wagner and Trey Mitchell getting all-conference honors. I'm going to give this one a 5 on the boldness scale. I think this could happen, absolutely. DJ Wagner, your lead point guard. If he balls out for Kentucky this year, hey, he's going to be a first or second team All-SEC type of guy. I don't know if there's a third team for basketball. You could absolutely see it here, if so. And then Trey Mitchell. I think he's going to be the starting center for the Wildcats for the probably the thir- first third of the season, if not the entire season, even if the other guys are healthy. Trey Mitchell's going to be good for Kentucky. I think he's going to not just score, not just defend, but also maybe rack up some other numbers, rebounding and passing the ball as well. We got to see a little bit of that during the Global Jam. He's a really st- talented, really strong, all-around 4-5 guy. 
I think you could make all SEC honors as well. I'm going to give that one a five. I think that that one's very plausible. I think that may be the most plausible one we've talked about so far. And then you've got Onyenzo becoming the starting center and being the best rim protector we've seen in a while. Six. I think that you've got Onyenzo, if healthy, can absolutely be one of the best defensive players Kentucky's seen in quite some time. And whenever I say quite some time, I mean six, seven years. Uh, Hugo absolutely could do this. Six on the boldness scale. We've talked about this a lot on the show about how I believe that that's his calling card. That's what his strength is. He's not going to have to be anybody that you really have to tailor to on the offensive end of the floor. He knows what he is. I think he can do it. And uh, with the weight that he's put on this offseason, I have a lot of confidence to believe in it. All right. The final bold prediction of today comes from Bob Smith 8587 And this is probably one of my favorites that we've done. He said, this Kentucky team will be the highest scoring Kentucky team in the Calipari era. I gave this one an eight on the boldness scale. I think this is going to be difficult, but it's not impossible. And you may be asking yourself, well, what were some of the best offenses that Kentucky's had in the Calipari uh, Calipari era? Well, in 2021, first year with Oscar Sheebway, Kentucky averaged almost 80 points a game, 79 and a half. In 2009, John Calipari's first year, 79.4 points per game. In 2015, uh, in the 2015-16 season, 79.6 points per game. And then the 2016-17 season, Kentucky averaged 85.9 points per game. This You will have to average over 86 points a game to be the highest scoring Kentucky team in the Calipari era. Absolutely. I think you can absolutely do this. Is it very difficult? Yes. 100%. Which is why we got this boldness here at an 8. I think Kentucky is going to be in contention for this. We've talked a lot here on the show about what I think Kentucky's strengths are coming into the season. They're going to score. I think they're going to score a lot of points. It's whether or not they can keep up on the defensive end that has me concerned. Something else we have to point out here about whether or not Kentucky can achieve this, they'll be in contention, but if they can achieve it, they'll need to have one or two 15-plus point-per-game scores. Because look at these four different years I talked about here. The 2009-10 year, John Wall averaged 16.5. DeMarcus Cousins averaged 15.1. Patrick Patterson averaged 14.3 also, by the way, in case you didn't know. 2015-16, Jamal Murray averaged 20 points per game, right at 20 points per game. Tyler Eulis, 17.3. You need two guys, typically in your backcourt, that are doing some really good stuff for you. Malik Monk, De'Aaron Fox, the year that Kentucky averaged almost 86 a game under Cal. Malik Monk, 19.8 points per game. De'Aaron Fox, 16.7. You have to have somebody like DJ Wagner or Antonio Reeves really step up for you this season. Oscar Sheebway, 17.4 points. And then the second closest score, Ty Ty Washington at 12.5. The year Kentucky almost averaged 80. This is very possible. This is very possible for Kentucky to do. I think it's going to be one of the best offenses of the Calipari era. I don't know if it's going to be the best, but they're going to score. I I really, really, I hope, I really hope, and I also have reason to believe that Kentucky basketball is going to score points uh, in bunches, I think, at different times this season. So if you have any thoughts on what Kentucky basketball could be doing this upcoming season on offense, with defense, with individual players and their performances. You can leave all of that in the YouTube comments below. Also, again, you can hit me on the socials at LockedOnUK on Twitter if you're listening on podcasts to submit some bold predictions. I want them from you guys. 
Let me know what you think about this year's upcoming team. And I think that's going to do it for today's episode of Locked On Kentucky. Hey, you can follow the show on Twitter, as I mentioned, at Locked On UK. You can follow me on Twitter at LanceDahl underscore, and you can follow the show over on Instagram. That is at Kentucky Podcast. Any questions, comments, concerns, leave them in the YouTube comments below. Hit me on the socials. I will see you all tomorrow for another episode of Locked On Kentucky. Have a great rest of your day, and God bless. about celebrating little wins and little ways to innovate digital processes. There's no customer pain point too small for us to help with. Maybe that's why more than half of the Fortune 100 looks to Highland to connect their content and data, improve processes, and turn little efficiencies into big wins for their customers and clients. Highland, intelligent content solutions for innovators everywhere at highland.com.